welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where you will get hard-hitting sports talk from yours truly, the conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. Welcome to a Friday edition on July the 30th of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Got a lot to get into today, so grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train's about to take off. Once again, A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Yeah, you are locked in, strapped in with your ticket, A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And I have the pleasure of just calling this guy up on the spur of the moment. Used to sit in studio with him at a radio station locally here in town. He had his own show called Running the Table. Still got it, brother. Still got the podcast up and rolling. Still got it. You know, I'm actually uh, on a, a, you know, I've been, of course, doing a lot of work with Eagle Radio now. So I'm doing, you know, there's there's lots of things in, on, on the stove. On, on, they're cooking. I'll tell you right now. So I got he's, my still, fingers in a lot of he, he's still cooking. Matter of oh, fact, yeah. his podcast, Running the Table. I mean, yeah. he's not your ordinary sports guy. He just gives it to you straight, uncut, un- raw, unfiltered. None you other know, we'll do, than my good I'll, friend. I'll get in the studio again soon, I promise. My good friend and my brother from another mother, Rick Thomas. It's A-Train's house. We just paying rent. What you got going on, man? Well, man, how's it been going out there in Aggieville? I tell you what, uh, you know, of course, I'm in the little apple here in Manhattan. I've been here for, I don't know, about a year. It's been, it's good. It's good. I mean, I, we didn't really appreciate the news. You know, Big 12, that's something we can talk about for a second. Oklahoma yeah, we could talk about that. Let's talk on, about you know, that. That's, that's not exactly something that was really exciting to hear uh, here in Manhattan. But you know what? The Big 12 is going to survive. It'll rebound. You know, who knows? We're going to. We're going to see if we can't get somebody, you know, maybe we'll replace these guys with somebody, you know, it's hard to find an Oklahoma, Texas situation. I mean, those are, those are great football teams. Those are great programs, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, the, the Big 12 will survive. We've survived worse. We'll, we'll get through it. And we'll be fine. K-State football getting ready to fire up. So we're excited about that. Um, not only that, I mean, of course, I'm, you know, I'm a big MLB guy. I'm sitting here watching the Yankees game right now. But what, what are your thoughts on, uh, I don't know, Oklahoma, Texas. Did you see that coming? I kind of did. Did you see it coming? Well, I can't say that I actually saw it coming, but I'm not surprised that it's happened. But you, you know, the real culprit that started this whole mess, yeah, is Texas. Of course, Texas have rubbed some fe- have ruffled some feathers to the point that Nebraska is actually in the conference that they really don't belong in. You know. It'd be nice to get Nebraska back. I would be okay with that. I would love to get Texas, the Huskers back in. Colorado, they've basically been an afterthought. The only thing that's keeping them afloat has really been Tad Boyle in the basketball program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no Missouri it, it, has it, been lost in the shuffle. Well, who's that? 
Missouri's been lost well, in the over, SEC, SEC shuffle. Right? I mean, at least their football program is there. So yeah, but their SEC's right, right across. And then right. you got Texas A&M. They had their little flash in the pan, but they really haven't been all that relevant. Well, here's fact, the thing. Here, here's the thing. It's funny you brought up Texas earlier. It kind of irritates me. That is more so than Oklahoma does with this, because if you remember right, it, it wasn't that long ago. Texas was a program that threw the big fit. They were going to leave the Big Twelve. Remember this? Yeah. Ago, they were going to leave, and then they and then we bowed, so we buckled and said, "Let's give you this huge television contract. We're going to, you know, give you exclusive rights to all these." And that, you know, that apparently that's just not enough. What I mean, what more do they want? I mean, seriously. Absolutely. So then, so. Basically, it's like Texas came in and created this mess in the Big 12. And how ironic that they're leaving this in a big mess. Well, we're going to be fine. Remember, okay, I mean, I'm old. You're old enough to. We're both about the same age. I remember Big 8 before we had the Big 12. Well, that's what it is now, the Big 8 now. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? That may not be, you know, this may sound bizarre, but that may not be such a bad thing. Because you got to think there's going to be schools that have opportunities now with Texas and Oklahoma out of the way to possibly get into some bigger bowl games, maybe make a run at a playoff spot. You never know. I mean, who are you? You got K State. I mean, hopefully we'll do better than we did last year. Oklahoma State can step up to the plate. They, they're solid in football. This opens some doors for them. Now, I know the argument's going to be well, it kind of hurts their, their recruitment. And I get that because you've got Oklahoma now in, in the SEC. And Oklahoma kids are going to want to play in the SEC. I get that, but I, you know, I think in the long haul, maybe this isn't set as bad a thing as we think it is. Maybe, maybe it isn't. Now, the next thing is, who does the Big Twelve get to join their party, or do they go merge with somebody? There's, there's a lot of talk right now, but that's all it is, is talk, because the presidents themselves aren't saying it. But there has been like little water cooler talk of maybe merging with the AAC? You know, you never know. Um, I, I don't think that's unheard of. It's, you know what? Your guess is as good as mine on this. I, you know, I don't know that maybe I don't think they're going to merge with anybody, if or at least not anytime soon. Now, here's here's something to think about this. And I'm just going to throw this out there. And this is co- completely me out of left field. I have no reason to believe this will happen. But wouldn't it be interesting if the Big 12 Put that fig leaf in front of Notre Dame. Wouldn't that be interesting? That'd be interesting. However, the way I see it, I mean, Notre Dame got their feet wet last year by actually playing in a conference. Yeah. And if anything happens, because I I did a little pop-up podcast on one of my other platforms. I'm not going to say it on here, but on one of my other (laughs) platforms, I'll send you that link. Sure. Uh, but Jimmy Beheim says he doesn't see anything happening anytime soon with the ACC because he believes they're on solid ground. Now, here, here's a startling stat to throw out at you. Now, the schools in the SEC per school are making at least $18 million more per school than what they're doing in the ACC. However, sure. he says the ACC is on solid footing. And if Notre Dame ends up in the conference, it's probably a no-brainer. They will end up in the ACC. See, I, but to me, I, at what point, though, do you, you – even if you're you know, as big a Division One program as you are in football, at what point you know, do the Penn States, the Notre Dames of the world, and you know, these guys that are left out there that are big, you know, powerhouse programs, uh, you know, the USC – I know USC is not what they used to be, but there was a time. You and I both know that. Um, these, you know, at what point do they say, you know what, I don't want to join a, a, a conference that has seven or eight of me in it already? I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be in that mess. 
I'd rather be in a conference I can own. Uh, you know, I, I got to think like at some point that you've got to hit it because think about where Texas and Oklahoma, they're going, yes, they're great programs. There's no question. Historically, they're, they're outstanding football programs. But now they're in there with, with the SEC where there's several other Texas and Oklahoma's in there. Right. Right. Got, I mean, it's not there's their their conference schedule is going to get tougher, obviously. Um, getting to major bowl games, that road won't be as smooth for them. Right. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, so again, if I'm one of these major players that's not hooked up with the SEC, is in another Division One conference, I don't know that I'm so excited about getting in there with all the big dogs at once like that. I don't know if that's I, right. a bigger fish, smaller pond. Now, know? the one thing that we know about this is that this is basically football-driven. And, sure, of course. And, a, and another thing Beheim said that made a lot of sense was this right here. You know, it's coming down to the point where pretty soon the NCAA is going to be like, well, hey, you know what? We're going to let you conferences handle your own business. And he basically said, if that's the case, what do we need the NCAA for? Now, that's yeah. a very profound statement to make. No, but it's – no, you're right. It is profound. It's interesting. And he's got a point. He's got a point. And, and, and let's, let's be honest about it. And, of course, we haven't touched on this much, but it's just so obvious we don't need to. You know what this bottom line is driving this move to the SEC. At the end of the day, what's it always about? The same thing. Right. Money. Money. Period. At the and, end of the day. And then when you think you about know. the name, image, and likeness that's shaping up, how about the fact that Alabama's quarterback is almost at a million dollars in endorsements? Haven't they mm-hmm. even taken a snap yet? So <laughs> <laughs> imagine what that look like to a recruit. Like, okay. And then here's another thing. I heard another guy on the podcast, and when he said this, this made a lot of sense. Yeah. He said these fan bases are talking about, yeah, we're moving to this conference because – there's more money involved. But who's profiting from that? The fans definitely aren't profiting from it. The main thing, the fans is paying for the product probably double time. So why are the fans so excited about their teams moving to a different conference? Because of the money issue, when you the fan yourself, you're not the one profiting from it unless you got inside talk with Vegas, and that's the only way you're going to profit from it. There's always a little bit of that going on somewhere, right? But, I, you know, it, 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 you know, you're right. That's a solid point. And I, and I don't know. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's a southeastern kind of, you know, SEC there. That's a you go. You know, if you've ever been down south, if you've spent much time down there. And I know this sounds cliche, but it's true. Football is a life form down there. I mean, it's just a whole different thing. I mean, yes, we love it up here in the Midwest. Don't get yeah. me wrong. We absolutely love it. We embrace it and love it. But, man, it's another level down there as far as the love for the game. I mean, people just live, eat, breathe it. You get down you know, Texas, and, and then you go down to, you know, Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia. Oh, my God. They just, you know, you know you're know, you talking about you know, Alabama. You bring up who, who the head coach. Um, why can't I? Nick Saban. Yeah. He's the one that can play. If I remember right, he went on the record complaining a couple of years ago about fans leaving the stadium after the after the second quarter when Alabama would be up by three, four, five touchdowns. He did, he, because his theory was, I, it's football. You sit in the stands and you watch these games, right? Right. You know, as, at some point, though, he don't realize it becomes unbearable to watch when your team is winning at halftime 70 to zero against St. Mary's yeah. Sisters of the Blind. What's so interesting <laughs> about that after the second quarter? But I, I agree. But, but my, I guess what I was trying to drive there at in a long, long way around it is a you know, long way to get there, I should say, is that they are so worshiping of the game that, 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 he, that he didn't even think twice about saying that. He's like, how, how dare you not watch us? You know, how can you not, you know, are you kidding me? And, uh, you know, whereas you and I are sitting here as, as much as we love the guy, I love football. I'm like you. 
if K State were up, we're beating, I don't know, um, some you know borderline Division two program out of Northern Wyoming. We, I, I, you know, forty to ten in the third quarter. I'm, I'm probably, you know, I got, I got things I can do that, that might be more right. Fun. And if we don't leave the stadium, ho- hopefully someone has a beach ball and we're playing bleacher beach ball in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. What do you think of all? Let's switch gears real quick. What do you think of MLB? Man, these trade deadlines. Woo! Look at these slots. Have you been following any of this? Why are sales going? Chicago the Cubs are unloading. The Cubs I, are I unloading. haven't been able to follow it like I really want to. The Cubs have unloaded half their lineup right now, and I know they're either ten and a half games back, and they don't care. But good lord, if you're a Cubs fan, you got to be about ready to cry right now. This <laughs> is just crazy, and and it's crazy because some of these teams that are loading up, like the Yankees, I'm watching them now. They're loading up, but they're they're nine games back. I don't know what they're loading up for. I don't know what they're thinking. Well, I mean, it's maybe you they, never know. I guess. Maybe they Baseball figure they have a little bit left in them to try to make a push. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I baseball's mean, a wacky game, man. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I I could see somebody. It's happened before. Coming back, coming in, you know, but it's not. But I tell you, they're running out of time. And I don't know that I would have spent the kind of money and 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 give it up the players I did, like in their in their uh, farm system to get these guys. Because I that's this is a long shot for them. It'll right. be interesting to see how it plays out. Absolutely. Now, real quick, like before I go, let's get controversial. You and I love to get controversial. Simone Biles, what's your thought on all that? Well, you, you know what? We're taught when you mention Simone Biles, the first yeah. thing that comes to mind is mental health. Yeah. And mental health was brought to the forefront. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Dak Prescott. That's what? Dak Prescott. Oh, sure, sure, sure. He opened the door on mental health, and Skip Bayless became the villain because he was like, how can you, being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, talk about depression and having mental health issues? Well, because athletes are humans, too. Athletes are humans, too. And at the end of the day, we sit and cheer for them and put them on pedestals as if they don't have their own issues. They have to live everyday life just like we do. Only thing is, they have the pressure, added pressure of performing in front of local, regional, national, international stages. And we don't know what goes on in their personal lives, in their private lives, and what triggers within them mentally. Well, and not only that, a lot, and, and to add on to what you're saying, because I, I, there's no question, I agree with 100% with you there. I, you know, you have to take into consideration. We sit back. I, you know, like it's easy for me to armchair it, look at somebody, and go, "Well, man, I wish." You know, what is what has Dak Prescott got to worry about? The guy's worth millions. He's got a great, you know, got a nice family, whatever. He's got a great house. Great, you know, he's got he's got nothing to worry about. But it's not always about you know, life isn't always about money and possessions and 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 you know, positioning and that kind of thing. Right. There's a lot of you know. Let's face it. You know, here's okay. Somebody like Dak Prescott. Here's what he has to worry about that, that you and I don't. Little things like if he goes to the grocery store and gets angry at somebody and yells at them, he next thing you know, he's on every social media page on the planet getting beat up by everybody because right. he's that Prescott. You know, right. you and I go do that. Nobody cares. That's, you know, it's, it's little things like that. I Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Exactly. So that's the, that's the thing us as the casual fan have to remember. If we have issues, the next person themselves, they have issues as well, too. 
One issue that I get, you know, Simone, but here's one thing that I, I think is really, and it disgusts me when, and I don't know how much truth there is to this because it's, I, I don't, I don't want to sit there and say it's factual because I don't know, but you hear this all the, you, this is the hubbub of, you've heard about this, the fact that they're limiting her as far as the moves that she can execute because she's just too good. And this irritates me. This really irritates me because how do you tell anybody? You, you tell, you know, when, when uh, Usain Bolt was, in, was he, when he was winning 100 yard, you know, 100 you know, meter dashes, did you tell him to slow down because he was too good? No. I mean, this, you know, I'll tell you what that sounds like. Uh, who was the pitcher for the Washington Nationals and they would always slow him down? Was it a. I'm not sure right up there. Yeah, but, but they start putting him on a pitch count. I'm like, ride that arm until he can't do it no more. I mean, well, the guy's uh, still you a know, young I gun. Disagree with your baseballs all day because pitch counts are there for a good reason because you, because you got you can literally find yourself in need of Tommy John surgery if you if you throw your arm out. I mean, I mean, I, I get that too, but you know. But, uh, I mean, I keep because no pitcher. I only pitched in high school. I wasn't even near major leagues, but I can tell you, as a pitcher, you never want to go out of the game. You could, you could be a hundred pitches, and you're not. You don't want to go out of it. Don't leave it up to a pitcher. You got to. You get up around a hundred pitches of these guys. You got to take care of. You got to get them out of there because they'll they'll hurt themselves before they get out before they decide to leave the game. That's just the nature of the beast. I, I understand that. What I don't understand is telling somebody that they have to change their routine because nobody else can perform at that level, so it's not fair that she can. That's ridiculous to me. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, Rick, I hear Go the ahead. music playing in the background. Okay. But I want to say I appreciate you for hopping on board and being a guest on the train at the spur yeah. of the moment. Of course, that's how sure, we do. absolutely. I love it. But, hey, we got to do this again, man, uh, like a college football preview around the corner maybe yeah absolutely Since you're right there in the big 12 country it's can... coming it's gonna be coming like the a train baby. it's on its way all right well those of you listening stay tuned i'll be back with some more i want to thank my guest rick thomas for joining me at the last minute all right rick take care you too my brother Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s.com www.kakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. 
So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Segment number two. It's always good to catch up with a friend. Caught up with my good buddy, as we used to always say when we were on the radio show. Same name, run the table. We would always say, brother from another mother. Rick Thomas. Always nice to catch up with old Slick Rick. He's up there in Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas left me behind that's okay we're still in touch anyway we're going to get to some more talk because this realignment and this mess known as the Big 12 has just left everything in a tailspin as we learned earlier, the SEC has basically welcomed OU and Texas with open arms. Now, how welcoming it will be when they get them on the field remains to be seen. But there are some points of interest. The NCAA set to reform governance of college sports. That sounds interesting. Texas, Oklahoma regents accept SEC invitation. There's a lot of points to talk about. But with everything that's going on with this realignment and the SEC and even with ESPN, I want to talk about this one right here because it's two stories. ESPN to the Big 12, Bowlesby, no wrongful conduct. Why would they say that? Well, the Big 12 alleges ESPN trying to destabilize lead so let's just get into that one like right now so the claims are very plain and simple big 12 alleges espn trying to destabilize league network says claims have no merit big 12 commissioner bob bolsby accused espn of encouraging other conferences to pick apart the league so texas and oklahoma can move to the Southeastern Conference more quickly and without paying a massive buyout. I have absolutely certainly, I have absolute certainty that they, ESPN, have been involved in manipulating other conferences to go after our members, Bowlesby said. The Associated said, the Associated Press on Wednesday after sending a cease and desist letter to the network. The letter addressed to ESPN executive Bert Magnus, president of programming and content, said the Big 12 had become aware of the network had taken actions to not only harm the Big 12 conference, but to result in financial benefits for ESPN. ESPN, which owns the SEC network, signed a $3 billion 
dollar deal with SEC last year that will give the network broadcast rights to all the conference football games starting in 2024. The network also has a contract with the Big 12, though it shares those rights with Fox. Those deals expire in 2025. In the letter, Bowlesby said that ESPN is actively engaged in discussions with at least one other conference regarding that conference inducing additional members of the Big 12 Conference to leave the Big 12 Conference. Bowlesby declined to name the conference in an interview with with AP, the Associated Press. But a person with knowledge of the situation said the commissioner was referring to the American Athletic Conference. The person spoke on condition of enormity because the Big 12 didn't authorize the release of that information. The American agreed to a 12-year, $1 billion deal in 2019 with ESPN. The claims in the letter have no merit, ESPN said in the statement. Texas and Oklahoma informed the Big 12 this week they would not be renewing an agreement that binds them to the league and its eight other members until 2025. The grant of media rights runs concurrently with the Big 12 billion dollar television contract with ESPN and Fox. On Tuesday, Texas and Oklahoma submitted a request to the SEC to join that league in 2025. To join the conference earlier than that could cost the school tens of millions of dollars unless the Big 12 were to fall apart because of because some of the other members left as well. ESPN is incentivizing other conferences to destabilize the Big 12, Bowlesby added. In addition, the SEC and AAC, ESPN owns the rights to all Atlantic Coast Conference athletics and shares the rights to the Big 10 and Pac-12 with Fox. Bowlesby added, that AP, both be told AP that Texas and Oklahoma have been working on a move to the SEC for months, doing so while taking part in Big 12 strategy meetings where proprietary, proprietary information was shared. Bowlesby said he suspects ESPN was involved behind the scenes when Texas and Oklahoma were in discussion with the SEC, but he has no proof of that. This whole thing has been a complete articulation of deception, he said. The SEC university presidents and chancellors are scheduled to meet tomorrow, but it is unclear if they will vote on extending invitations to conference to Oklahoma and Texas. 11 of the 14 members would need to vote in favor of inviting a new member, and it appears that won't be a problem. Texas A&M officials had voiced their displeasure last week with the possibility of rival Texas joining the SEC, but A&M's Board of Regents on Wednesday directed University President Catherine Banks to vote in favor of the Longhorns as soon as coming aboard. So that's how that is shaping up with the claims coming from Bowlesby to ESPN. So, in another story, Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, the history, the drama, and why it's happening now. Last Tuesday, the Big 12 Conference athletic directors had the same weekly call 
they've been having since the onset of the pandemic. All 10 schools participated, along with Commissioner Bob Bosley. According to multiple sources on the call, Oklahoma Athletic Director Joe Castiglione, whose program now intends to move into the SEC, volunteered to be on the committee to review the Big 12 Women's Basketball Championship. The following day, the Houston Chronicle reported Texas and Oklahoma intended to leave the conference. While it's unlikely Castiglione knew the best-kept secret in college sports was about to explode, there's now a realization throughout the league he was part of keeping it. Think about how disingenuous that commitment was. The source said, that's how bad this stings. The drama of the past week in the Big 12 that accompanied the pending departure of flagship programs, Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC, was an all-too-familiar position for a league in the midst of history repeating itself. In fact, it's how the Big 12 began. A Texas-sized battle. In December, it was December 22nd, 1994, the league, which wouldn't play its first game for nearly two years and hadn't even hired a commissioner yet, was already in jeopardy. Sharks were circling as the Pac-10 was attempting to poach Colorado and flagship member Texas. Coaches and administrators reacted with shock, anger, and feeling of broken trust. We would hope they would see the wisdom and desirability of fulfilling the commitment we all made to each other. Iowa State President Martin C. Jizik said at the time. Ultimately, the Buffaloes and Longhorns stayed put, with Texas emphatic about their desire to build the new conference. We just are not going to do that, said the Las Dodds, then Texas Athletic Director in 1994. We've got a commitment to the Big 12. It's an ethical commitment, and it's the right thing to do. The Big 12 was a source of pride for Dodds, who retired at Texas in 2013 after 32 years at the helm. At his farewell press conference, he began by thanking Donnie Duncan, his friend and former counterpart at Oklahoma. When he was AD at Oklahoma, Donnie and I pretty much took the Big 8 and the Southwest Conference and made the Big 12, he said that day. Now the rivals have teamed up again, this time to both the conference they co-founded. The timing of the move may seem surprising, given that Texas and Oklahoma TV money belongs to the Big 12 until 2025. In retrospect, though, instability has plagued the Big 12 for the past decade. It all started with Texas's flirtation with the Pac-10 in 2010 that nearly saw a mass exodus of the league, leading to distrust, hurt feelings, and a sense the league had to bow to the whims of the Longhorns, whether they were winning football games or not. Colorado lasted 15 years before eventually jumping to the Pac-10 in 2011. Nebraska, which won consecutive national championships in 1994 and 1995 before moving to the Big 12 in 1996, also split in 2011, struggling to find its footing again in the Big 10. Texas A&M finally found an exit hatch to escape to its dream destination, the SEC, in 2012, along with Missouri. In many ways, this was a continuation of old grudges and bad blood that followed the teams from the Southwest Conference. Texas and Texas A&M 
originally arrived in the Big 12 after 81 seasons in the Texas-centric conference amid frustration with being weighed down by smaller schools with smaller pockets, smaller stadiums, and smaller ambitions. They were joined in the new conference by Baylor and Texas Tech, who muscled their way into the life raft with help of powerful politicians. Texas's governor at the time, Ann Richards, was a Baylor grad. Lieutenant Governor Bob Bullock held degrees from both Baylor and Texas Tech. As told by Dave McNeely and Jim Henderson in the book, Bob Bullock, God Bless Texas. Bullock called Texas and Texas A&M presidents to his office in early 1994 and told them, you're taking Tech and Baylor or you're not taking anything. I'll cut your money off and you can join privately if you want, but you won't get another nickel of state money. Before Texas schools were leaving behind a league known for petty infighting among teams, where the proximity and pride of Texas egos spilled off the field and into an expensive competition among boosters that led to a culture of finger pointing. Their new Big Eight partners felt they brought that attitude with them from the start and didn't take very kindly to it. There was a sense in the Big Eight that a rising tide lifts all ships. Bill, Bill Byrne, the former Nebraska athletic director, told Houston Chronicle in 2016, we worked hard to make sure everyone succeeded, and that was the culture of the Big Eight. People helped rather than taking each other down. That changed when we went into the Big 12. It was, man, the lifeboat. You're on your own. Multiple sources in the Big 12 have agreed they were blindsided by the news that Texas know you wanted out. One saying that, one saying they didn't first believe the report in the Houston Chronicle, in Houston Chronicle because the league had been so unified throughout the pandemic and confident in the leadership of Bowlesby and the conference presidents as they navigated through the tumultuous 2020 season. After decades of Dodd's influence, Texas has a relatively new power structure calling the shots. Dale Conte arrived from TCU in 2017, and Kevin Eltiff, a businessman and state senator, was appointed by Texas Governor Greg Abbott as the chair of the UT System Board of Regents in 2018. Eltiff, named by Jay Hartzell, the new Texas president last year. Together, all three men have spoken of a new alignment and shared vision for the Longhorns. We will not take a backseat to anyone, Eltiff said on Thursday night during an alumni event in his honor in his hometown of Tyler, Texas. And if we feel that something is in the best interest of our university, we will do our level best to go after it. According to the league's first commissioner, Steve Hatchell, those competing agendas already existed. From the beginning, the Big 12 schools couldn't even agree if they should consider it an expansion of the Big 8 or a new league entirely. The trophy, logo, and league staff were all hotly debated decisions decided by split votes. Everything was seven votes to five, Patrick told ESPN last year. It wasn't always the same seven and not always the same five. Eagles don't fly in formation. The league office moved from Kansas City to the Dallas area, which irritated the programs outside the state of Texas. The other thing that irritated them, the programs in the state of Texas, mostly the one in Austin. As long as Texas got everything it wanted, things were stable, Burns said. 
who later left Nebraska to be athletic director at A&M, told the Chronicle. But when an institution, and I was at two of them, said it shouldn't be Texas' way or the highway, there was pushback. Big 12's revenue distribution wasn't equal from the start. In 2011, after Colorado and Nebraska left, the now 10-team Big 12 adopted a new revenue-sharing agreement that was more equitable. Baylor, Kansas State, Missouri, Kansas, and Iowa State offered offered to contribute their shares of the estimated 30 million buyout revenue paid by the paid to the league by Colorado and Nebraska to Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M to keep the league, keep them in the league. Those five institutions that were not being pursued as dramatically were looking at a very difficult future with significantly less revenue. Dan Beebe, who served as Big 12 commissioner from 2007 to 2011, announced in 2010. But the one thing that wasn't up for sharing, the 20-year, $300 million deal from Texas's new Longhorn Network. That's never been in play. That's not in play, Dodd said at the time. The Big 12 was the only major conference that allowed schools to sell their third-tier television rights, which is how Texas created the LHN. Oklahoma partnered with the regional network to create the Sooner Sports Network. Every league school had the same opportunity to sell theirs. They just couldn't command the money those two, especially Longhorns, could. The remaining eight schools eventually pooled their third-tier rights in a partnership with ESPN Plus for $40 million a year, split between them beginning in the 2019 season. But still, the league was left as the only Power Five conference without its own network. That's the heart of where we are today. The same problems. Smaller schools being subsidized by bigger schools that ultimately plagued the Southwest Conference still existed in the Big 12. But Dodds was never shy about what the Longhorns brought to the table or what the marketplace brought to them. In 2011, during the middle of another round of turbulence in the league with Texas A&M seeking to move to the SEC, he spoke to the McComb School of Business at Texas and updated them on the state of college sports negotiations, leading with the Pac-12 new TV deal, which was worth about $225 million annually. Each school expected to receive $21 million a year. The Big 12, we're going to be at those numbers, he said. Texas will be way, way ahead of those numbers. In terms of finances, Texas will be ahead of any school in the nation in terms of TV money. The independent thing, the media talks about that. If we had to do it, we could do it. If we had to do something differently right now, we've had a lot of conversations with Notre Dame. We've had conversations about building something that's national, maybe more than 20 teams. Just go get some tiers and work out conferences from that. The implication was that Texas could be where it wanted, when it wanted, and be just fine. Now that somewhere will be the SEC. So what changed? Well, find out what changed. Come back on the other side of this break, and I will inform you as to what changed. Stay your seatbelts. The train is still rolling. 
A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Welcome back to my next segment. A Train Sports Talk Podcast. And we're still looking at the story about OB Texas. The history behind Texas and Oklahoma's move to the SEC and why it happened next. And as I was closing out that last segment, I ended on this note right here. The implication was that Texas could be where it wanted, when it wanted, and be just fine. Now that somewhere will be the SEC. So what changed? So let's get into what changed. It's something called revenue and realignment. Texas is completing a $175 million stadium project for a new south end zone addition that opens this season. The Longhorns' home schedule this fall features Louisiana, Rice, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State. That's not a lineup that commands premium ticket prices. Same in Oklahoma, which completed a $160 million stadium renovation in time for the 2016 season. They don't want empty seats, an industry source said. That's one thing they can control. Now, as those schools left behind in the Big 12, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, and West Virginia scramble to either shore up their conference or find a new home, they suddenly have to worry about things like footprints and brands. That should alarm them. As The Athletic noted earlier this week, 33 of the 38 Big 12 regular season games that were broadcast on ABC and Fox in 2018 and 2019 involved either Oklahoma or Texas or both. Even more telling, 27 of the league's 30 most watched regular season games featured the Longhorns and or Sooners. According to The Athletic, which pulled its TV ratings data from Sports Media Watch, the 22 Oklahoma regular season games in 2018-19 averaged 3.76 million viewers on ABC, Fox, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN New, or FS1. The 18 Texas games on those channels averaged 3.2 million. The other 59 games that include the remaining Big 8 teams and not OU or UT 
averaged about 886,000 viewers. All of those schools in the SEC have the university in front of them. The University of Alabama, University of Georgia, University of Florida. Former Oklahoma coach Barry Switzer told ESPN this week, they all sit 100,000 people. It's different from these church schools we have in our league. Texas A&M has learned it does indeed mean more in the SEC. According to its 12th Man Foundation, the Aggies have played in five regular season SEC football games that were watched by more than 7 million viewers. Over that same span, the entire Big 12 had one game total that drew that many fans. When Ohio State played at TCU in 2018, which drew 7.2 million viewers. It's a larger stage, former Texas A&M and Alabama coach Gene Stallings said. When they play a game, wherever they play it, it's in a big stadium and it's a sellout. That's one of the reasons, according to industry experts, why the Big 12 would have never reached the same TV revenues as the Big 10 and SEC. The Big 12 distributed an average of about $38 million to its members in fiscal 2020, which ranked third among Power 5 leagues behind the Big 10, $54.3 million, the SEC, $45.5 million, according to USA Today. But that might have been the ceiling for the Big 12. Even with Oklahoma and Texas staying put, while the Big 10's SEC revenues are expected to continue to grow dramatically, in December, Disney and the SEC announced a 10-year deal that would make ABC and ESPN the exclusive homes for SEC football and men's basketball. The deal, which the New York Times reported, was worth about $300 million annually and is expected to increase the league's distribution to schools to about $68 million per year. The hope for some within the Big 12, at least according to one source, is to merge with Pac-12 while the American Athletic Conference plans to be aggressive in its attempts to expand to 14 or 16 teams. The leftover Big 12 teams would likely favor a Power 5 invitation if given the choice. As for the Big 12, adding four more teams from the AAC, the remaining schools are cognizant that they wouldn't make a dent in compensation for what they lost in OU and Texas. Once again, Big 12 needs a power play. On Tuesday, the conference athletic directors again had their weekly calls. This time, without Texas and Oklahoma. The silence is deafening, one source said. It's like the Big Eight now. And there you have that completion of that news as I get ready to bring the train into the station. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. I wasn't planning on doing nothing until Saturday as I get ready to do my college football preview. But the big talk going on now, even outside of the NBA draft, which I didn't cover, which will be covered on tomorrow's episode, has been this conference realignment, the mess that it has caused.
caused, the chaos it has created, and the headache that somebody needs to get some DC powder for. Anyway, train is pulling into the station. That's right. Train is pulling into the station. And I hope you have enjoyed this segment, this episode of a train sports talk podcast like i said saturday i will be doing my college football preview i will be looking at power five conferences a few of them but i'm also going to throw in another twist i'm also going to be looking at teams from historically black colleges and universities from MEAC or the southwest athletic conference i'm going to give you mainstream, but I'm also going to step outside the box and look at the MEAC or the Southwest Athletic Conference. All that coming up tomorrow on A-Train Sports Talk along with my co-host Smokey. So, yes, looking forward to that. But I hope you have enjoyed the ride this evening because I enjoyed being your conductor. Keep your tickets because they are reusable. A-Train Sports Talk Bring this train into the station.